everybody, welcome to Gospel Infusion, your daily dose of gospel goodness. I'm Pastor RT. Glad you're with us today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 4. We're on 40 days with Jesus, day number 3. <laughs> and I'm excited about this day. Luke 4, I, I've titled it Into the Wilderness. And uh, you remember you remember day two, right? Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan, and the Father opens the heavens, the Spirit comes down, and the Father speaks to the Son. You know, God's able to make uh, those who have stony hearts moldable and, cl- and, and conformable to Him, and He's able to make them live, and He's able to make the heavens open. He's able to let His pleasure come through the sky, descend on in bodily form in the Holy Spirit on His own Son, and let the pleasure of the Father of heaven rest upon Jesus. Therefore, we have all of the Heavenly Father's pleasure because we're in Christ, right? I mean, that's just yesterday's summary of uh, what God was saying to us. And, and then we jump into chapter four in the first ministry assignment. Did you, did you catch that? The first ministry assignment uh, of Jesus's public ministry is going into the desert, right? Going into the wilderness, the, the word there in the original language is into the desolate place, right? Uh, into uh, the wilderness uh, didn't necessarily mean a bad thing, uh, right? The people of Israel came out of Egypt, went through the waters, and went into the wilderness. They had a they had a short few hours walk through the wilderness. It turned into forty years, <laughs> right? Uh, and so, so it's it's no new thing, and it's no surprise, right? If 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 you if you know your scripture, you see that um, uh, Jesus is modeling as the perfect Israel, if you will, um, as the more perfect Israelite. Uh, as the more perfect Adam, uh, as the son of God, son of man, um, he is modeling uh, what Israel and Adam failed to do. Jesus isn't going to fail, right? And in the first assignment, look down at Luke 4, 1, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, comma, being tempted by the devil. So we know uh, that the desolate place, the wilderness place that he goes to uh, is going to be a place of, um, well, uh, it's going to be a place of communion with the Father. It's going to be a place of um, 40 days, 40 nights, no food, no water. Um, It's going to be a place of of communion with the Father. It's going to be a place of silence and solitude. It's going to be a place of him uh, making sure uh, that, that he is operating on the Father's plan, on the Father's will, in the Father's heart for the Father's people. And, and, and so, so, right, so he's going into the wilderness. I always looked at it as like, you know, uh, oh, there's the Spirit again going to lead him uh, into the wilderness to get jabbed up by the devil. Uh, wrong, mainly. I mean, yes, the, the enemy does seep in and he creeps in by God's design, I would argue. Uh, in the sovereignty of God, the enemy sneaks in and he seeks to tempt Jesus uh, because he's a coward. He seeks to do it at the weakest moment. Uh, he seeks to do it at what he sees as the weakest moment. And yet Jesus has been there fueled by fellowship with the Father. He's been fueled by time with the Father into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led Jesus, our Savior, so that the first step of his ministry isn't busyness. 
It isn't laboring in phone calls and healings and hands-on. Because listen, uh, when he comes out of the wilderness, um, he has his busiest day. Did you know that? He has, he has a busy, you think of your busiest day? Jesus had a busier day. Uh, he was busy from morning to night, but here's the thing. It didn't come until after he had 40 days and 40 nights alone with his father in the wilderness. And it was only at the end. Did you catch that? It's only at the end. Uh, when, when he was most hungry, uh, the enemy came and started speaking to him, right? So, so the Holy Spirit leads Jesus to a place of desolation, uh, solitude, silence, time with the Father, so that he's ready to go do the, well, first day one of ministry on the ground, super busy, lots of healing, lots of preaching, lots of people who you thought uh, knew you and believed, uh, turned out they were applauding you one second and hurling you, wanting to hurl you off a cliff the next. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, I'm, I'm saying, uh, Jesus understands ministry life, uh, but, but he starts it, Holy Spirit under the Sovereign Father's design starts it with silence, solitude, and, sol- and, and uh, a solitary place out in the wilderness. And yet it's fasting and prayer and fellowship with the Father that leads to this moment where the enemy comes in. And when he's hungry, um, the enemy comes in, right? And, and I just made a note of this. Um, the, the enemy comes in always at the weakest moments. Uh, what he sees is the weakest moments. Um, see, see, Jesus here in his hunger wasn't necessarily a weak moment for him. It was this, this was the normal. This is what we do. This is what I'm doing. 40 days, no food, 40 days, no water. For sure, I'm hungry, but I'm not desperate. See, but the enemy doesn't have a sovereign understanding of anything. The enemy isn't sovereign. Uh, the enemy's the enemy's still created being, y'all. He isn't God. And so the devil comes to tempt Jesus. The devil, com- devil comes to engage in conversation with Jesus uh, at, at what he sees as a weak moment, always coming in a vulnerable moment, maybe. Um, and yet what the enemy sees maybe as weak and vulnerable, uh, Jesus displays is strong and unpenetrable. Okay? So, like, that's amazing. And so, so here's what you have. You have this scene now where Jesus is in the wilderness. It's day 40-ish. And uh, he's hungry. The, Luke, the doctor, the one who's really concerned about all the details, uh, says he's hungry. And he's hungry. And when he's hungry, the enemy comes and speaks to him. And he says in verse 3, the end of it, if you're the son, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, you can say to this stone, be bread. Uh, if you're the son of God, right? Isn't that the enemy's tactic? To create doubt in identity. Isn't that the enemy's tactic? Well, did God really tell you? Is what he said to, to, to Eve. Did God really say? Trying to get, see, see, the enemy's tactic is to come in at an opportune time of vulnerability and weakness. What he would see. And he wants to come in. And he, wants to, he wants to come in. And he wants to get you to doubt who you are and what God says. He wants to get you in the wilderness that's supposed to be a place in this time of, of, of we're locked up in our home and it feels like we're alone and it feels like we're forsaken and it feels like we're in a wilderness. This is a time where silence and solitude and connecting with the Savior is the thing. 
Let him minister to you. Let his angels be commanded concerning you because he delights in you and let your spiritual tank of, of faith be filled afresh because your eyes are fixed on him and he'll keep you in perfect peace whose eyes are stayed on him. So, so, so it's in this, this wilderness moment is supposed to be a time of strength and the enemy in time of refreshing and revitalizing identity securing time. And, and, and here the enemy comes in and he always wants to say, well, if you are, right? If you are, if you're really hungry, and if you are really the son of God, you can say to this stone, be bread. And I love how Jesus responds. I love how Jesus responds, right? He, he has several of these encounters with the enemy, but the first one he responds with, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen, uh, later on in, in 17, um, or later on in, um, oh man, maybe it's Luke 10, Somewhere around there, Luke 10, 11, 12, something like that. But he, you know, the disciples are like, uh, man, aren't you hungry? He's like, man, uh, my food is to do the will of the Father. You know, my will is to let the word of a father come and take place in me and through me. That's my food, man. I survived. And yes, he did eat. He ate fish, you know. But listen, every word that comes out of God's mouth is our main sustenance. Well, why not? word before food, you know? Why not time with the Father before we go and fill our stomachs? It's not saying bread is bad. He's just saying, get your priorities straight. Don't let food dominate you. Don't let it take precedence over you. But see, the whole point, the principle is this. Jesus comes back and he combats uh, the enemy's delusion. He combats the enemy's deception. He combats his, his seeds and arrows of doubt with the word of God, with what he knows is true, with what he knows the Father has told him, what he knows is in the word, the scriptures. He combats it with what is right, true, and well, it's been proven because it's the Father's word. So, so, so did God really say, or if you really are? No, listen, he wasn't going at his identity. See, he didn't come back and defend his identity. Don't you love that? The enemy wants to come and just gets you to doubt in these moments of weakness in the wilderness of being locked up at home or because you're, you know, you don't really know where the next paycheck might come from or, 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 right? And the enemy is going to get you to doubt your identity and you don't even have to fight the identity thing. You just fight the scripture. You fight it with the scripture. You just wield the sword, man. He didn't say, oh, well, listen, you know, the father did tell me that he's pleased with me and I'm his son. He, he knew. He knew. The issue was, you're trying, you're telling me that, that my greatest need is bread? You're telling me my greatest need, right, or desire is filling my physical hunger? I have been out here for 40 days and 40 nights feasting on the intimacy of my Father and His Word, and it is beautiful. And because of that, I feast on the word that always reinforces who I am so I don't ever have to doubt. So when you want to come and say, if you are, it bounces off me. I don't even have, a, I don't even have ears for that, right? right? I don't have ears for that. And oh, how, how many of us need to not have ears for what the enemy says about our identity in Christ. For do you not know the Father caused the heavens to split open and the Holy Spirit in bodily form to come upon Jesus like a dove and the Father spoke to the Son, you're my beloved Son and I'm pleased with you. And because he's pleased with Jesus and we're in Christ, we have that identity. I mean, for real? What good news is that? Again, 
So when we get into the wilderness and when we're feeling like we're in this wilderness and when we're in our silent, solitude, desolate place alone with the Lord, over these next 15 days, over these next 14 days, over these next 40 days, over however long it's going to be, who knows how long all of these quarantining type of things are going to happen. Don't let the enemy cause you to doubt your identity by reminding yourself what the word of God says and being ready to combat that with. I don't have ears for that because I know this is true. Okay. I know this is true. I know this is true. So verse five, the devil took him. So then the devil takes him up to the top of um, well, he takes him up and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he says to him, to, to you, I'm going to give all this authority and their glory. It's been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve, right? You worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve, uh, right? So another moment in time where the enemy wants to get Jesus to see that he has no authority, that he has no, he has no plan, he has no purpose. He has no, the, the enemy's trying to always get Jesus to see that he's supreme. Isn't that what Lucifer's goal was? I don't want to worship, I don't want to lead worshipers of Jesus or of God, Yahweh. I want to lead worshipers of me. I'm so bored with the worship leading of uh, another supreme. I want to be supreme and third of the angels fell and they became uh, what's known as the demonic and the devil, Satan, Lucifer, um, and, and here you go. And, and here I, I have this, I'm on a leash. I've got, I've got rule. I'm reigning over here, but I'm finite. I'm not, I'm not infinite. I'm not sovereign. I don't know everything. And I am doing this. And he's trying to, we got the son of God, y'all. We got the authority of the God of the universe in the God man, Jesus Christ. We've got the father's identity pressed in him. We got the Holy Spirit of the living God living inside and residing in him. And he's thinking he's got freedom and total authority to give to Jesus. Uh, fascinating how the enemy's really crafty. He's really deceiving. He uses his words. He chooses his words rightly. He's the master manipulator. He's the master deceiver. He's the author of lies, the father of lies. And he belongs in the lake of fire. And yet he came after Jesus, came after his identity, came after his authority and his lordship and his kingship and his mission and Jesus says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. I mean, again, coming back with the scriptures, coming back with what I know is true. This is true. This is what I know is true. It's been written down. It's been, it's been pushed down inside of my heart, soul, mind, strength, and every fabric and DNA of my, my body and my spirit. It knows uh, I'm the father's, he's mine, and everything that I am is owed to him and everything that I am am in authority over is because of him. For all have all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Doesn't he say that at the end of Matthew? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So you see, Jesus has total authority over every atom, proton, neuron, and whatever on there is that we cannot see and everything that we can see. Things that are visible and things that are invisible. Uh, go, go read Colossians 1, 15 to 21 and just be blown away. Uh, Jesus is the one with total authority in the heavenlies and in the earthlies, in the natural and in the supernatural. Satan is not. So don't let him deceive you. He doesn't have the final word. He doesn't have final authority. He doesn't have any authority really in 
anything. And any authority he thinks he does have is on a leash under the sovereign hand of God, who what the enemy means for evil, God means for good. What the enemy tries to put out as the final word, God works all things together, even those things that seem bad and evil, like the coronavirus, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So that death doesn't even have the final word for the believer. Death isn't, death stings, but it's not the end, right? Isn't that amazing to think about? What? And so then he took him to Jerusalem and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. He'll command his angels concerning you for it is written, right? Here we go. So now the enemy's quoting scripture. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, Thank you. Uh, He'll command his angels concerning you to guard you. On their hands, they'll bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus says, you don't put your Lord, your God to the test. Don't put your Lord, your God to the test. Bottom line, you don't act stupid. Like the father didn't tell me to go to the top of this thing and jump off here and to prove anything. I'm not like the father didn't command me to do that. Therefore, I'm not doing that. But in the times of spiritual war, in the times of spiritual darkness, in the times of spiritual depression and depletion and despondency, God will command his angels concerning you because he delights in you and he will bear you up. 100% true. Uh, but but here's the thing. Uh, if you think, uh, you know, you, like I got faith, you know, and you walk out in front of a Mack truck, uh, listen, the Mack truck is still going at the speed it's going. Uh, that Faith doesn't breed foolishness. Faith doesn't breed testing God in that way. Faith breeds trusting God's promises that are already put down, that you've seen play out in history, and that you've seen play out in your life, and you walk in them. Faith doesn't breed foolishness. Faith breeds dependency on what God says. And so, so he's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to let your twisting of scripture, I'm not going to let your twisting of my identity, I'm not going to let your twisting of the authority given to me uh, have full effect. I'm not going to let you have any effect on my life. And here's, here's the whole point. The whole point is the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to spend time with the Father before he goes into ministry. And he's hungry and the enemy comes at what seems to be a what he thinks is a weak moment. Oh, Jesus is hungry. See, because those who are, you know, the people of Israel, when they were hungry, you know, when they were hungry in the wilderness, they whined and moaned and complained and God gave them manna. And then he told them not to stockpile it or else it'll rot. And they didn't care. So they stockpiled it, it rot. It smelled, they complained. I mean, so for sure, uh, Jesus is going to fail, right? This just shows you how finitely dumb the devil is. Uh, he's crafty, deceiving, but he's a moron. Okay, and, and yet Jesus... It wasn't a moment of weakness for him. It was a moment of strength for him. And we need it to be a moment of strength for him. So that, uh, listen, every ounce of temptation, Jesus endured every ounce of temptation, real temptation. He endured the enemy's attacks perfectly and overcame them so that he could be our salvation. He could be the more perfect Adam. He could be the more perfect Israel Israelite. He could be the more perfect fill in your name so that he could endure and perfectly conquer and overcome the enemy in the wilderness where Adam and Israel failed, Jesus didn't fail. So that when we're linked to Jesus, whether we nail a temptation or we fail it, we live in victory over it because of Jesus in this moment in the scriptures. And I hope you love that this morning. 
I hope you love that. Now, there's, there's tools. I mean, right? There's just practical things that you could see Jesus. Like, Jesus is saying, like, this is, this is how it goes. Go get away with the Father. Go spend time with the Father. But listen, it's a spiritual thing that the enemy, the enemy's going to want to come in and attack. He's going to want to get you to doubt your identity, get you to doubt your authority that you have in Jesus, in the Father's delegated authority. He's going to want to get you to doubt your authority. He's going to want to get you to doubt the delegated authority that is given to you. He's going to want to get you, he's going to want to get you to, to, to doubt um, the fact that, listen, the Father loves you and cares for you, and He's not going to want. He's not going to let death have the final word on you at all. It might sting, but it's not. It's just a doorway. It's not a. It's not a damnation. Uh, it's it's an entrance into glorification, right? But He's going to want to get you to doubt all those things. And here's the thing: you have the Word of God that reminds you of the Living Word, Jesus that reminds you of what he says about you, what he says about himself, what he believes and thinks and knows and declares is true of you because you're in him. And because of that, you can go walk in freedom, walk in Jesus's victory, walk in Jesus's strength, walk in Jesus's promises, walk in Jesus's authority, walk in Jesus's kingdom, walk and let your life be modeled after Jesus, because faith in Jesus breeds a flourishing faith that follows him. Okay? That's, that's it today. That's it today. So, so when we go out, when, when, when we just we shut this down or we turn our phone off, we're going back to whatever is happening in our homes or we're going back to whatever's happening in our, if you're still out working in the midst of uh, all of the, the, the pandemically crazy stuff, listen, you don't have to go out fearful. You can go out filled with faith because God's faithful. And, and you can step out in these days that are ahead and embrace, embrace the wilderness. Don't run from it. Embrace it. The Holy Spirit leads Jesus to a desolate place for 40 days. So, so the Spirit has led us to a desolate place for however long. Embrace the silence. Embrace the solitude. Embrace the time with the Father Embrace the time with Holy Spirit. Embrace time with Jesus. Open your Bible. Hopefully this is just a little supplemental help to just, just stir affections for this, for this Jesus, right? And then just go get, get with him. And, and then when you, when you step out or, or if you're in that time and the enemy's trying to attack you and he's throwing arrows and he's trying to get you to doubt who you are and what he's called you to do and the mission and, and, the, and, the, and the authority he's given to you in Christ, you just come back and you just, you're able to just say the truth and walk in your new identity that's in Christ, walk in his authority that's delegated to you. You're able to walk in peace, walk in freedom, walk knowing that you will judge angels and rule nations one day in the new heavens and new earth. I mean, right? And then just go walk. And because of that, you can walk in freedom. Because of that, you don't have to fear wilderness. You don't have to escape wilderness. You can embrace it. Because in this moment, Jesus is reshaping. Wilderness isn't meant to be bad. It's meant to be a place where you can connect with the Father. So go get connected and let the Spirit lead you so that you can live in good news in the midst of a world that's circumstantially filled with bad news. Okay? Okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We love your word. Thank you that we get to spend these times with Jesus. It's what a gift from you it is. Thank you for this word in Luke 4. Would you just, just 
push it deeper into our hearts. Lord, let it saturate our minds and let it take over our lives and let the Spirit lead us in uh, the, the paths of Jesus, in the footsteps of Jesus, that we would walk with him and that he would lead us and we'd embrace time with you. We'd embrace silence and solitude and time alone with the Father, knowing, securely knowing who we are in you. God, we love you and thank you so much that the victory belongs to Jesus. Thank you that he's our faithful high priest, that he's our faithful savior, and that we can walk in freedom and victory, love, joy, and peace because of the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. See you tomorrow.